Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Friday morning. I'm sure everybody's glad it is finally here. It's finally Monday. Uh, finally Monday. Fun, finally Friday. Sorry, trying to do two things at one time. Trying to stop this, uh, uh, the audio. Uh, awesome audio, by the way. It's Fortress, our FLBC in-house band. And uh, I'm going to try to encourage them uh sunday when i see them to play some of these songs that they have on this cd on sunday morning but uh but thank goodness it's friday thanks good thank goodness we are forgiven and uh tell you what i praise god for another day uh to be able to share god's word and uh and glad we can get the day going in the right direction you have to overlook me i'm a little tired this morning and uh didn't get into bed a little later than normal last night but for good reasons my little girl had her last band concert last night and uh, i was getting choked up it's just hard to believe she's graduating i tell you it just seemed like yesterday me and brandy were in tears dropping her off for her first day of kindergarten it just doesn't uh, uh you know as a movie line uh, uh, from a long time ago said things change things always change and they do and uh I just, uh, I just, it amazes me how fast time goes by. It really does. So uh, if you got little ones, hold on to them as long as you can because you blink and they'll be grown. All right, my friends, who we got watching this morning? Let's see here. We got Karen Smith, Tracy Little, Michelle Fox Harris, the myth, the legend that is Miss Mousy, Mike Kinsley, Jennifer Honeycutt, pastor the other day. Um, uh, I was taking Brandy to work and passed Jennifer on the road, tried waving at her and, uh, uh, she waved back, but it went with all of her fingers. No, I'm teasing. No, actually, she didn't wave at all. I don't think she saw us, so. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Darlene Barker, Kelly Jeanette Swift, Amy Oaks-Turner, Brandy Boyd-Young, Terry Hutchison. Good morning to all you wonderful people. So, all right, my friends. Let's see here. At this time, let us do our morning Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life and liberty to all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. All right. Uh, Jennifer says, yesterday a car wrecked in the opposite lane right in front of me. It looked like a NASCAR. Well, sorry to hear that, Jennifer. Hope that you are okay. And uh, uh, I'm glad that... Uh, wasn't hurt or nothing in that situation but prayers for those involved but uh thank the lord for this uh be able to have the freedom to say that pledge i know i sound like a broken record because i say that every morning but we should appreciate and never take for granted the freedoms that we have uh to be able to say things like our wonderful pledge um, so many countries would be arrested for even trying to spread the gospel message and you may say well that's outlandish well there's been uh, just in china just in North Korea, uh, if you dare to have any kind of religious ceremony, such as a funeral or a wedding, you will be arrested 
if it's if if Christianity is incorporated in that in any aspect, and uh, it is so we need to appreciate uh, what we have. I guess that kind of brings us up to Mad Matt's news and comment this morning. You know, it is uh, amazing uh, the Disney woke grooming that is going on. Uh, that I love how DeSantis. You know, it's about time we see somebody with the intestinal fortitude to stand up for what is right, to stand up for integrity, to stand up for our children. So many people kowtow and back down uh, whenever the left raises its ugly head to push their agendas. And I'm glad to see that he is pushing so hard back uh, to revoke Disney's uh, government, uh, their own little government type status. And so as a result, Disney is threatening to move from Florida to Colorado. Have at it. You know, the only reason why people go to Disney, one of the biggest reasons, is because it's in Florida. People want to go to the beach. They want to go where it's sunny and hot. Nobody wants to go to Colorado. You know, maybe some potheads. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's a shame that they double down rather than to say, you know what, you're right. We need to stick to good storylines. We need to stick to the fantasy. We need to stick to entertainment and keep our fannies out of uh, political agendas and, uh, and and not be swayed by one or the other, but just pursue uh, good storytelling. But uh, And then we have, uh, on top of that, of course, we have our uh, potato in office that um, is now, you know, he, he doesn't know what he's even saying half the time. He doesn't know, you know, one minute he's saying that uh, uh, they're going to appeal uh, these, this mask mandate that uh, Florida has put into place or, or airlines put into place where people don't have to wear their face diapers anymore. And then turns right around and say, you know, it's okay for those uh, illegals to come across the border and COVID's not as bad there. And then you watch the local news and they say, oh, COVID is on the rise. I'm telling you guys right now, the, the government, the liberal, uh, the uh, that are in power will not relinquish that power and they will continue to push this because to them, this is a form of control and I, I struggled very much so with this because God's word says we are to obey the, the, the laws of the land unless it goes against uh, our convictions it goes against the things of the Bible and so uh, personally I am a defiant individual I don't uh, have oftentimes had problems with authority that's one reason why I've had so many jobs in my lifetime and I don't like when somebody gets in my face and says you have to wear this mask uh, just yesterday I had to go to the VA and they're still pushing the stupid mask when you walk in First thing I do is I pull it down below my nose just to prove the point. You can bite me, <laughs> you know, because I, I think it's ridiculous and uh, I think it's stupid. It, it has shown that uh, it is, is very, uh, very ineffective uh, and uh, particularly with cloth mask, I guess I should say. Now, if you have an N95, that's a different story. But if you have a beard, you know, and that could apply to men or women. <laughs> It uh, doesn't create the seal needed uh, to have the proper protection. But a cloth mask, your Hello Kitty mask, if you will, is about as effective as a chain link fence as uh, to keep out a uh, 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 mosquito. That, uh, you know, then in, in local news, you know, you have this in Lid Mountain with uh, these crosses and uh, you have this freedom from religion trying to say that it's not a slant against Christianity. This is insanity. Uh, are you kidding me right now <laughs> that this is not a slant against Christianity? Uh, the, what do you think the cross represents? What a, a absolute lie that that is propagated by this, the, the, this organization to say this is not against Christianity. This is flies in the face of Christianity. This is a slap in the face to Christianity. And what is even more infuriating is the fact that you it says that one individual in Elizabethton, one 
individual in Elizabethan filed a complaint and therefore started all this mess in regards to wanting to remove these crosses who's been up there for over 50 years. Uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm sickened and, and I'm tired and I'm angered by one individual dictating and making the rules for the majority. I get tired of the minority, like six, less than 3% of the nation who deal with LGBTQ has pushed their agenda on the majority. It's time that we start standing up and pushing back. I, I, I tire of it. I get sick of it. You know, one individual, uh, it, it just it, think about that. One person, you know, you would think, uh, okay, you know, we'll, we'll blow that off. Uh, but no, you know, I can understand if you had a whole mass of people riding in and complaining, but one person, I mean, it's insanity. But when you've got people from the liberal left, particularly those from New York, New Jersey, California, who are swarming here, uh, you know, it's, it's not a little surprise. Some said that there's individuals who drive around purposely looking for things to complain about in regards to Christianity in association with a religion on public property. You know, the this country was founded on the Judeo-Christian ethic, whether people like it or not. And uh, our founding fathers uh, put into place uh, our free right to, uh, to worship. And uh, the government is not to interfere or to impede our free right to worship. That's what separation of church and state means. So the government does not get involved. We should be able to display our ability of what we uh, enjoy and what we uh, worship. And we should be able to display those things that we love, such as Jesus Christ and the cross of representation of what he did for us, representation of salvation, representation of freedom, morality, ethics. And it's so sad that somebody would see that and get so awfully offended. But the reason being is because that has brought immediate conviction and they realize when they see that they are in need of a savior, they're in need of Jesus Christ and what they're doing is wrong. And that's why it is so offensive. And the cross has always been offensive for 2,000 years. So it's no new surprise. But that's the reason why people are so offended because when they see it, they are convicted and they can't live the life that they want outside of God because they know they need Jesus Christ. And so it is infuriating. But that's why it's time for us to start standing up, pushing back, which so many have, and I'm glad to see it. All right, my friends, let's look at our verse of discussion this morning. And uh, hello, Jennifer Corby Williams and uh, Nicole Campbell Barnett. Don't know if I said hi to you all this morning. And uh, uh, all right, Darlene Barker, did I say hi to you this morning? Let me look through here. Yeah, I think I did. Okay. All right, let's uh, look at our opening, or, or opening, our scripture of discussion this morning, if we may. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, and I'm going to go on up and read uh, 27 with 28, if I may. It says, And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I thought it was important to read uh, verse 27 uh, with 28 to bring us into full context. Now, what we need to understand, of course, you know, James and John, you know, their mother approached Jesus. And, you know, here Jesus, you know, despite what he was saying uh, to, uh, you know, to, the first will be last and last shall be first, esteeming others better than yourself, you know, uh, these things that showing humility. And, and so, and Jesus also was talking about what he was going to have to endure, uh, the, his persecution, his death on the cross, but they didn't fully grasp. They, they, they were still under the idea and the impression that Jesus was going to uh, rule an earthly kingdom. So they didn't really truly, I think, sink in until after Christ's ascension or, or at, least, at least his resurrection and ascension is when the things were fully revealed uh, to the disciples that they fully understood the, the context 
of what Jesus Christ came to do. So here Jesus is even talking to them and telling them exactly what, uh, uh, telling them what was about to happen, but, you know, they, they still wasn't getting it. And so uh, there are James and John's mothers coming up, and they want to know who's going to be the greatest in heaven. And, uh, of course, the other disciples come very indignant uh, in regards to uh, the question being asked. And, you know, you could imagine that, you know, if you're with, a, a say, uh, um, well, let's say, for example, you're in a workplace, and, uh, you know, usually have got your own little group of individuals you work with, particularly if you've been me and worked in cubicles or things of that or the like. Or uh, if I worked in a dialysis center, you've got your own little little area that you kind of work in. And, uh, uh, you know, and so you're working right alongside with everybody else. All of a sudden, a couple people just pop up and say, uh, I want to be I want to know what it takes for me to be the right hand man to the boss, you know, and you're thinking, I'm doing just as much work as you are. What makes you any more special than me? So you kind of understand their, their, uh, almost disgust, if you will, of what makes you so special, you know, kind of attitude. Uh, but that's one thing when, uh, of course, Jesus said, or you, would you be willing to drink the cup, uh, sip the cup that I have? And of course they said, yes. And of course, again, I don't think they understood the whole dynamic of what they were saying and uh, of course you see how the uh, the disciples how they died and, and how they were persecuted and what they had to endure for the sake of christ was unbelievable but what jesus was getting at here is in order to be a good leader in order to uh, particularly as christians we need to make sure that we have a servant's heart in fact uh, when in my uh, graduate uh, undergraduate studies uh, one of the areas of of focus that we had to look at was servant leadership. And, you know, when you talk about servant leadership, it's not saying that if you are the CEO of a company, that you are the one that uh, has to uh, clean the toilets and um, uh, sweep the floors and all that, which, you know, would, I'm sure they would be grateful if they did. Um, but the point is, is the fact that you're esteeming others better than yourself, that you're putting others before yourself and, you know, you see Jesus Christ, we're talking about the ultimate servant uh, who, who came to serve, not to be served. Uh, one of the greatest examples was him getting on his knees and washing the disciples' feet. What more uh, a type of, of humility uh, could be given? You know, I cannot imagine as the sinning low life that I am uh, to have Jesus Christ to wash my feet. And see, that's the very thing that the lowest of all the servants or slaves, that was their job. That was her position. That's what they would be called to do. And that was very interesting that uh, not every servant was a slave, but every slave was a servant. And we are slaves to Jesus Christ. We are sold out to God. We have been redeemed. We have been bought out uh, of our sin-filled lifestyle. And to when you see how Jesus was willing to serve, uh, you know, by his own example, we ourselves should be servants as well. You know, we have haughtiness. We have pride, something we've kind of discussed a little bit throughout this week. And we need to make sure that we are being selfless, all right? We, we're, we are so uh, selfish at times. And we need to be very aware of that. We need to be very careful that we are putting others better than ourselves. It's hard to do. It is very difficult to do uh, because of our pride-filled lives. Uh, you know, uh, and that's why one thing that I always pray, even regards to my own wife, I always pray, Lord, help me to esteem her better than myself. Help me to put her wants, needs, and desires above my own. Help me to do that with others as well. You know, that's, that is something that I, I've tried hard because I don't want to be full of pride. I don't want to be, uh, have vanity and narcissistic or, you know, I don't want anything to be puffed up. I, I, I don't, I want to be humble, uh, before God almighty. And I don't say that, uh, to say that, well, look, I've achieved a level of spirituality that nobody else has because I know that I am weak in those areas. 
And I have to, I really struggle and I need to put others better than myself. And when you work and when you do these things, no matter where, what your job is, I don't care if you are the ones who clean the toilets or sweep the floors, or if you are the CEO of the company, do all that you do to the glory of God. You know, putting Jesus Christ first and forefront of all things. You know, I've, I was raised to, uh, whether I don't care if it's the, the janitor or the CEO, I still treat everybody the same with the same respect. I will say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Uh, to me, uh, you know, whatever you do for a living is irrelevant. You deserve respect. You're out there. You're working. You're trying. You're trying to earn a living for you and your family, and that is to be respected. That is to be honored. There's no such thing as a as a poor job or a bad job. It is that God, God has given you that ability and given you uh, that position for a reason, and you can use that for God's glory. As I've told you before, there's you know, no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, I always look for ways to invite somebody to church or a witness or minister, and even in the substitute teaching in schools or working in special ed, uh, whatever it is, I would use whatever, you know, if they saw my tattoos, whatever, try to use it as a way to witness uh, and uh, didn't really care if uh, school boards or schools liked it or, or what, you know, I, I would, I'm willing to, you know, do what needs to be done. But the thing of it is, we need to be selfless, you know, and that's one thing you have to, to keep in mind as you're going out and about today. Now, um, one thing here I would like to, to this little paragraph here, the focal point of servant leadership within the church is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. This is coming from Ephesians 4.12. This means with Christ being the head of the church, the entire church body is served in the act of providing leadership. It's not just the church leaders who become acutely aware of their place at the foot of the cross, but all those within the body of Christ. We all mutually submit ourselves to Jesus just as he was in submission to the father from biblical perspective servant leadership frees the church of the abuse of power and the coercion and then promotes mutual respect and love for one another so so we want to invest uh, ourselves in the lives of other people in our community uh, that's why you know we work hard to evangelize and try to spread the gospel that's why we work hard to encourage teachers and helpers within our church just this past Easter we couldn't do what we do if it wasn't for those out there willing to serve to help us with audio and video to help us set up to uh, to you know break everything down and put it back up you know it, it takes all these volunteers and that comes from a servant's heart now I'm not disparaging those who weren't able to come you know it's Easter weekend people have family coming in you got to work or things are going on so I don't have you know if you couldn't come that's fine you know I don't I have no no real feelings at all I promise you I'm just saying I appreciate those you know who are able to uh, invest uh, their time when they are available to do so to help us with events and things that we have that's demonstrating that servant's heart and so maybe that's something you need to pray about Lord do I have that servant's heart am I willing to put others above myself am I willing to say I am a slave to God you know slave when you hear that word it is oftentimes um, met with such uh, you know disgust and disdain and from the uh, aspect of someone's race uh, then yes that is horrible how those in certain races uh, who were treated horribly as slaves uh, it should be uh, met with great disgust and um, 
I mean, what we're talking about with slaves to God, God has bought us out. His His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And so when, with the fact that we have been bought out of our sin-filled lifestyles, we owe a great debt to God. Therefore, we want to serve Him. We want to obey His commands. We want to obey those things that He has given us only for our, our betterment, uh, only to help us for the good. And so, therefore, we need to seek Him out early. We need to seek Him out daily. And we need to make sure that we're putting others above ourselves. So ask yourself, do I have a servant's heart? Am I working every day as I'm working for the Lord. And that's what we need to come to each and every day and uh, ask ourselves and give out over to God so that we will have a softened heart and to esteem others better than yourself. My friends, it is tough. It is not easy, but we have to be servants. And by being servants, we're demonstrating a love for Jesus Christ. And therefore, you are being a witness to an unbelieving world. All right, my friends, let us have a word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us each and every day to seek you out, to serve you well. Help us to be and demonstrate servant leadership. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be selfless. Help us to be humble. Help us, Lord Jesus, to help us take away our pride. Uh, Lord, help us to, to not be self-centered, but to be Christ-centered. Lord, if anyone watching and listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray to be with all those who are watching this morning, all my brothers and sisters in Christ, that you watch over, lead, guide, and protect them. Lord Jesus, please be with our children who are going to school, work, or play. That you watch over, guide, and protect them. Lord, I just want to lift up a special prayer for Miss Betty, and I pray that you bring healing upon her. I pray that you be with Tony Peters and Ron Thompson and so many others, Lord Jesus, who've offered us so many prayer concerns. Darlene's uh, daughter, Lord Jesus. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with us all. Have us to be a light in this world of darkness. And Lord, let us serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, appreciate y'all for tuning in and watching. Don't forget to join us for Sunday morning service at 118 Julie Lane at 1045 a.m. And then at 6 p.m. Sunday evening, uh, we'll have our online service. Now, next week, I will not be doing daily devotions. I mean, the reason being, I'm having the uh, surgery Monday on the deviated septum. He says it's going to take me about a week to, to heal up, and my nose is going to be packed and all that good stuff. So I will not be available to do devotion next week. I apologize, but I hope you'll understand. And uh, more than likely, unless something dramatic changes next Wednesday, will probably be a, um, a replay of, pre of a previous service. And uh, But you never know how the Lord may use that to minister as well. All right, my friends. Hope everybody has a blessed weekend. It's supposed to be pretty. So stay, be safe, watch out for motorcycles, and I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. God bless.